What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is technically Tuesday, March 18th, 2014. You guys are listening to episode 152. It is about, well, I'm on West Coast time because I am right above Seattle in Vancouver, British Columbia. I'm in Canada, everybody, and I am, uh, what time is it? I'll give you the exact time here. It's probably about 1. Yeah, it's, it's a little after. It's probably almost 10 after 1 here in uh, Vancouver. I am in my hotel room in um, Canada, and uh, I'm not going to lie. I was out tonight. Uh, me and my good buddy Bill Burr did our 20th show of this 22 show tour. And we're going to get into a bunch of stuff. Um, it's been an absolutely, um, I mean, without going too big, without being too nuts, this has been a, um, it's been one of the most incredible experiences of my career. And, um, just some of the things that have happened and that have been said have been uh, career changing. It's been it's been truly amazing, and we'll get into some of that stuff. But I'm not gonna lie. After tonight's show, uh, it was St. Patty's Day. Me and uh, Burr went out to a pub, couple of shots of Jamie, couple of beers. I'm fine though. That was a couple hours ago, so I'm I'm kind of just you know I'm chilling out. I'm mellow. But I am feeling good, so uh, the tone may be a little di- <laughs> may be a little different than normal. But we're gonna have fun. I got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We will definitely. Uh, I didn't get to see a movie. I saw a half of a movie, and I got into it. So I will definitely talk about that. I will get into some sports, and um, we'll talk about this tour and everything that's been uh, that's been going on. But. Um, I was also a guest on Bill Burr's podcast, the Monday Morning Podcast today. So I'm going to try to stay away from a lot of the things that were, um, excuse me, sorry. I'm going to stay away from a lot of the things that were talked about on that and, um, you know, fill you guys in on, on what's been going on. I know the podcast was done late last week and I wanted to get it back to schedule. So you guys will have this for Tuesday, uh, basically in the next couple hours and hopefully you can listen to it at work while you're at the gym, or whatever the fuck it is that you're doing. So let's get right into this. Uh, We are in Vancouver. We uh, flew in yesterday from Calgary, and we did two shows last night at the Vogue Theater, and one tonight, and I have to say, by far, hands down, without a doubt, one of my favorite venues in the country. Um, You know, it's just, it's basically like, I guess like a, a slightly more intimate... It's like an intimate beacon theater that we did uh, three shows in the past two nights and um, just unbelievable. Um, you know, I don't want to sit here and brag, but uh, I got to talk. Last night was um, the first like full-fledged like crazy standing ovation that I got and it was insane. And um, I, you know, I want to thank everybody uh, who came out and, and um, you know, gave me that response. It was amazing. And Burr was just like, dude, that was fucking, you know, he- hearing any kind of praise from Bill Burr is, is insane, you know, even though as close as we are. But um, 
when a guy like that recognizes that, you know, you're doing certain things with your jokes and with your bits. And, you know, I've done 20 stand-up shows in theaters of a thousand people or more in the past, like, 18 days. So it's just been, you know, thousands of people every day and um, working on things, adding things. And, and the coolest thing is we're pushing each other. You know, last night we were in the green room and he goes, all right, here's the deal. Let's come up right now with something that we're going to talk about on stage. And we, we literally, like, we'd be like, all right, so you're going to talk about this because we talked about this today while we were hanging out. And you're going to talk about this. And we're just pushing each other. And um, and we're doing it. And it's just, it's the most fun and it's what comedy should be. So, I mean, I don't even have enough words to sit here and tell you what this tour has been. It's been... Um, we started in Moncton on March 1st, and here we are going on the uh, 18th. I fly home in uh, two days. I miss my family terribly, but um, you know it's been it's been incredible. So the Vogue Theater here in um, I have to say my favorites right now. You know, favorite cities uh, by far, top three. I mean, everybody, everyone was so great. So I don't want. Anybody who loved the show in one of these cities to think we didn't love it. We loved everywhere. Everywhere has totally surpassed expectations. This country is, is underrated. The food here is amazing. The people here are super, super nice. But as far as cities and at night, I guess I'd have to say Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. You know, and Montreal as far as nightlife because it's just, I mean, it's it's a free-for-all. You know. I joke around about how you could get a shawarma and a hand job in the same building at two o'clock in the morning, and I'm joking, but like you kind of can. <laughs> it's like it's that insane. So uh, you know, you could get, there's a cigar bar because it was grandfathered in, so you could smoke tobacco in there. You could have some drinks over at Stogie's. So so check that out because it's just so much fun. And they have a, a shawarma place which is right across the street from the cigar bar there that's open till four, and it's just. Uh, Absolutely amazing. Today, St. Patty's Day, I'm not a big St. Patrick's Day guy. I'm not. You know, I'm Sicilian and Greek. I never was really like, you know, a couple times in high school, we would take the train down, you know, from the suburbs down to Manhattan. We'd go to bars. We'd get, dr you know, drunk. We would drink on the train and stuff. But I was never like, hey, it's St. Patty's Day. We got to go out. We got to drink. It's just not, it was just not my thing. But tonight, or today, I should say, we're in... We're in Vancouver. We're downtown. We're right in the city. I mean, I, I feel like this is like the closest. This is the closest I felt to like a Manhattan that I've ever felt since I've since I've been here here in and Montreal, I guess. But like you walk outside and everything is here. And we went to this like uh, I forgot Celtic something. It was just um, or Celtic pub and. There was a guy playing the bagpipes outside, and we went inside like right after lunch just to see what it was like. Ah, uh, excuse me. We went inside to see what it was like, and uh, you know they had people singing like Irish music, and we had a pint and um, an Irish coffee, and it was just a great time. You know, it was a great time, and we were worried. You know, not worried, but we were kind of joking more. I should say joking more than worried. Like, I wonder how the crowd's going to be St. Patty's Day. Couldn't have been better. It's a Monday night, and we're on stage, 
on St. Patrick's Day in a big city. Show starts at 7.30. People were kind of late getting in, so the show didn't, the lights didn't go down, and the show didn't start probably until about 7.45. And I swear to God, it was one of the best crowds, and I told them that too at the end of the show. It was one of the best crowds of the entire tour. Um, on Monday night, and these people were rabid, insane fans that were just fucking into the comedy, man. It was sick. So if you were in that room tonight or or last night, it was um, it was amazing, you know. Bill Burr was like, dude, that show from top to bottom might have been one of the sickest things. Like it, it, it was just sick. It was just like awesome, and you know. Ah, uh, man, I, I really hope, I really hope that you know comedians that are c- coming up and funny and trying to do it the right way get this opportunity. Uh, so yeah, it's been great. Uh, Edmonton was great. Calgary, there were I'm not gonna lie, there were some animals, but um, oh, I have to shout out, I have to shout out Simon from uh, was it Epic Cigars. Oh man, this was an, an insane experience. So I need to uh, I need to shout this out, and I need to get cards to make sure that I do this the right way because I can't fuck this up. So give me one second, everybody, one second. Shit. God damn it. All right, I'm sorry about that. Um, yes, uh, Simon, it was over at, um, I believe it's Epic Cigars uh, over in Calgary. Um, he did something for us that was just incredible. Uh, he hooked us up with cigars, then took us to a place where we could actually smoke them, and we just he made for our experience to be amazing. So, uh, Simon, if you're listening to this, not only do I obviously hope you had a great time at the show, which you said you did, but thank you for making our experience on this uh, tour um, one, you know, just just a memorable one. It was awesome. We had we've been smoking Cuban cigars out here. It, they've been fucking nuts. When you smoke a Cuban cigar, it just makes you feel like every other cigar is a piece of shit. It's it's just it, I don't even know how to describe it. You just feel like like Cuban cigars are like the people sitting in first class and you have to walk past them when you live in the states because you just can't do it. But then when you finally get to Canada, you're just it's like you just have the fucking free reign of first class and you just get it and you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing." That's what it's like. Except the difference is you can't have first class mailed to your house. You can have Cubans mailed to your house. So maybe the analogy is not great. Either way, um, the cigars out here have been awesome, man. You know, Cohibas and and uh, Monte Cristo number two, which which has been been a great one that we've been smoking. And then uh, Burr pull, uh, picked this one called uh, Siri Two. Siri. I'm sorry, Siri P number two, which was a great one. So check that out. That was a really good one. But we've been um, really, really enjoying the cigars here, and we've had some opportunities to kind of uh, smoke and, and do some do some stuff because uh, it's it's really not legal 
anywhere other than Quebec with, with Montreal, basically. Montreal is a place you could actually sit inside, buy a cigar from the place inside, go to your table, have a drink and do it. Other than that, you got to find some shit. You got to find some underground shit. And we were able to find some underground shit at uh, locations that are, I can't disclose at this moment. So, so thank you for that. That was, um, that was awesome. Um, what oh, I got to talk about this. Unacceptable for the week. Here we go. I mentioned this on Burr's podcast, but I couldn't get into it as much as I wanted to get into it. So I'm going to get into it now. Unacceptable for the week were these two bitches and one was a cunt. And, I'm, and, and, I, and I mean that. I mean that wholeheartedly and sincerely. Two bitches, but one of them was over the top and rude. We're in one of the biggest malls. Okay, you know, one of the biggest malls. It's called the uh, West Edmonton Mall. And as we talked about on Bill's podcast, they had like this water thing there in the middle of it with a pirate ship. They had like sea lions. They have ice skating. The food court was one of the most intense food courts you'll ever see in your life. All kinds of shit. All right. And we go in there and, you know, I wanted a gyro. And I wanted maybe a shawarma or something. So we're walking in. And we were looking for a couple things to do to shop. We wanted to actually, they have an ice skating rink. We wanted to get on, put on the hockey skates and go skating because we weren't able to do it in a few days since we've been out here. And we get to the mall. And again, I don't want to repeat or overlap what we talked about on Bill's podcast uh, only, you know, hours ago. So I'll just say that we end up at the food court at this gyro place and we're eating a gyro. And then after I eat, I want something sweet. And I want to go to this frozen yogurt place. And these two girls were so fucking rude. Bill just leaned over and goes, hey, guys, do you know where that pink berry is? And the girl goes, what? And another girl goes, what are you talking about? I go, yeah, the frozen yogurt place, do you know? And just because she was, like, pretty, she was this attractive fucking, she was just like, "What? why would I know? How would I know? Like, so fucking rude. Instead of being like, oh, I have no idea. I'm sorry, but that, you know, I don't know. She just, like, she assumed because she was pretty that a couple of dudes couldn't ask a question without trying to hit on her. Unacceptable. Okay, first of all, you're not that fucking pretty. You know, and if a real man wants to hit on you, he's going to hit on you. He's not going to ask where a fucking frozen yogurt place is. Okay? If anything, you should think a dude who's asking you where a frozen yogurt place is, you think he fucking probably sucks dick. Okay? which we clearly don't, but the last thing that you should have done is think of, is is actually, you know, think that we were hitting on you. It's unacceptable. You, just because you're some pretty girl and she's going to suck the rest of her life, okay, and she's going to be unacceptable the rest of her life because in her mind, she's so immature that nobody could actually approach her or talk to her in her mind unless it's something that that is towards her or something that somebody wants from her because she's that fucked up. It's unacceptable. Nobody wanted anything from you, okay? If it was two fat slobs walking by, we would have said, where's the yogurt place? Well, maybe the fat slobs would have known better, okay? Because, you know, it has to do with dessert and shit. But, you know, it was just, it really annoyed me. Because that happened to me one other time. When I used to go to a gym, I used to go to a, um, I used to go to a gym in Westchester. And I, I remember hearing something that if you did push-ups, you shouldn't do this. Or if you do weights, you shouldn't do this. So I just kind of asked this female trainer lady. I said, and she was just like, really? That's your question? 
That's what you're asking. And she clearly implied, I know you're coming over here in her mind. I know you're coming over here because I'm pretty and you just needed an excuse to talk to me. And it's like, fuck you. You work here. Okay, you're the sorry asshole who's in some fucking tight shirt with the name of this gym on you. Have some fucking respect for yourself and go just work out and be somewhere else, you fucking loser. Unacceptable. Women who are pretty and they think if a dude asks them a question, they're trying to fuck them. Let me tell you something right now. You could have looked at the rings on our fingers, okay, and you could have te- you could have been able to tell. And if maybe if you're a sweetheart, people would want to talk to you more instead of being just some fucking asshole. I swear to God, man, that that really bothered me. It's unacceptable, you fucking cunt. That's what you are. That's what you are. You're you're a you're a self entitled cunt. You think you're you think you're some you know. Oh my God, they're talking to me. Why are they bothering me? They must want something from me because you just got blinders on because you think you're the shit and you got a rude awakening coming. I swear to God, that chick bothered me so much. And, and, and Bill was like, why is it bothering you? And I think maybe because of the gym thing that happened, because it was the second time. But it's like, it, it just really bothers me that because of how somebody looks, they think it, it, somebody can't ask them a question. Unacceptable. And, and then I tried following her. I tried finding her. We were walking around and I was just going to go up to her and go, you know something? You're a really mean jerk. We found the yogurt. And Burr was making fun of this. We talked about it on his podcast. Like, why would you say that? It's not going to matter to her. I just wanted to say, you know something? You're a really mean jerk and you're ugly inside. You know, and I hope you get fat after you have children and you're fucking flabby and nobody really loves you anymore. Like, I really wanted to say that to her and just leave. And I just wanted to say, you know something? The majority of, of females who have children after they, you know, the majority of females who have children after that happens, they fall to shit. And I really hope that happens to you. I hope your face fucking sags, you piece of shit. I can't ask a question. You should have saw. And I'm probably, you guys are probably saying, wow, he's going really too hard. No, I'm not going hard. I'm not going hard. We asked a simple question. Do you guys happen to know where the frozen yogurt? We're asking girls. Girls with like Ugg boots on and shit. What do girls eat? They eat frozen yogurt. That's what they eat. And it was like this, oh my God, why are they asking us this? Why are they bothering us? Fuck you. Unacceptable for the week. You know, oh, I almost just said something about women that I would, I shouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't have said. I almost just said something on the podcast. I'm not going to say it, but it just made me mad. Just know it was really bad. Um, I just, I just, I have no patience for that shit. I really, I have no patience for it. What else to talk about? Um. I've been flying, been on a lot of airplanes. We uh, and tomorrow we're flying on a propeller plane over water, a little thing of water. We're literally in the air tomorrow for like 25 minutes. We're taking off. We're flying over. We're flying from Vancouver over to Victoria Island. It's like a 25-minute flight. Propellers. I'm not big on propellers, but um, you know. Uh, I guess I guess I can, you know, maybe turn this into the um, Malaysia thing. But when we were uh, on Bill Burr's podcast, the Monday morning podcast today, we were talking about uh, somebody asked a question about what our opinions were, what our opinions were of where the flight is and, and what's happening. And um, I've been obsessed with this. 
I've been obsessed with it to the point where my friends go, Paul, you got to stop talking about it. You got to stop asking about it. I can't stop asking about it. I can't stop talking about it. And it's beyond me. It is absolutely beyond me that it is not on every channel nonstop until it's found. I think the media is doing an absolutely horrible job. I think the fact that they went hard with it with three days and then stopped is awful. I think the fact that they're even talking about Justin Bieber's career in the news and not this thing 24-7, 230 fucking lives mysteriously disappeared on a 777 that has shown absolutely no debris or sign of crashing anywhere, you know, the ocean included, and 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 nothing, and nothing, and they're going to talk about, like, other things and stupid things, and I know there's only so much they could talk about without answers, but I feel like the more attention, like, if I was a family member, I'd be fucking furious right now. The airline is not giving proper, like, nobody's giving details. Nobody's talking about, like, you know, why this is not being just covered all the time, constantly demanding, asking more questions, trying to do it. And it's, it's, um, it's one of the saddest things I've ever heard. I think that my opinion on this was, I think it was clearly hijacked. I read something today that it wasn't. That some, a pilot said he thought there was a fire and they tried to turn around. And sometimes when there's a fire, you lose contact. But uh, then somebody said that makes no sense because when they did first lose contact and divert left, the pilot said we're all right, which lets me know that he was forced to say that. And they said that, and I believe that if the, the, from what I read, they said a fire makes you not be able to communicate. Uh, and that's why he turned left because he wasn't able to communicate. But other people said, no, they did communicate. When the plane turned left and, and, and started to change its course, somebody said, we're all right, which lets me know or makes me think, I should say, I don't know. I think that the plane was hijacked. I think that the, I mean, look, there's not, I don't think it's a coincidence that there's phony passports. Okay. And again, this is not, um, there's nothing funny about this. This is crazy. This is one of the biggest mysteries in, in U.S., I mean, in, not in U.S., in, in, in world history. This is one of the biggest mysteries in world history. They're going to make a movie about this. I just can't, fa- like, think about it, man. And I don't mean to dwell on it. Uh, yes, it's true. I'm, I am, I'm fa- you know, I'm fascinated with aviation. It's always been, you know, a fear and, and stuff like that. But, like, the fact that, and if you listen to the show, you know I talk about it all the time. But the fact that a 777... A Boeing 777 with an impeccable safety record disappeared with fucking 230 people on it. And I don't think it's a coincidence that what? Uh, hijackers are on the plane. There was stolen passports. These guys, you, you know what I mean? The, the, the two passports that were stolen were friends. All this shit coming out, and then the plane changes course. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any question that there was some funny business going on here. And I hope for the people's sake that it is landed somewhere, and those people are being fed and taken care of. I mean, I don't necessarily know that's true, but I'm baffled by this shit, man. It's crazy. It really is. It's it's one of the craziest things that I've ever, um, you know, heard about in 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 history. And I, but I, I can't believe like this is not nobody's talk. Like I know they're talking about it, and it kind of scrolls across the bottom. But it seems like after a couple of days, and if I was a family, I'd be like, no, where the fuck is my brother? 
Where's my son? Where's my daughter? Where's my family? What's going on here? And the airline, like, does I mean, it's crazy. They had 10 countries, navies looking for this and didn't find it? Now, there's another theory. And this one's a little out there. Could be aliens. Right? Could it be aliens? I know, I know some of you just clicked off and said Verzi's losing his mind. Maybe he had one too many Jamesons. I don't know, but let's just talk about it for a second. Let's talk about the possibility. I think that the possibility is highly unlikely. I think it is a crazy, nutty theory. And I don't think it to be true. However, that being said, let's explore it for a second. If they never find this airplane, God forbid, but if they never find this airplane, let's say 10 years goes by and they've searched every possible place it could have been in the ocean when it had seven extra hours to fly or whatever they thought that it flew. Okay, so they're going to know where a plane can span. So let's just say, and I'm just totally being conservative here. Let's say 10 years goes by. 10. And they find nothing. So it's not in the ocean. And it's obviously not on land. The only other explanation is some kind of fucking extra... Terrestrial extraordinary. I, I don't know even what to say, but I know that there have been many books and there have been many pilots, non insane pilots. And again, I am talking total crazy hypothetical. I don't think this happened. I'm just having a little fun here. I'm putting a little things, uh, little thoughts in the Verzi effect listeners' heads. Some of you guys are probably like, oh my God, no wonder why he's talking about going back in time to a battle with an Uzi. Just hear me out for a second. Let's say that there was some kind of spaceship or some shit happened and, I don't know, some other extraterrestrial thing was just made it fucking go somewhere. I don't know. I know that there have been a lot of pilots and a lot of people that have said that uh, they have seen things that have made movements that um, nothing from this earth has done. That one time, I think there was like 20 pilots in one day that said they saw some sort of UFO moving, like going in like a diagonal motion, like a thousand miles an hour, like doing things that like, it looked like a, like basically like a laser dot. That was a fucking ship that, you know, that was seen by by people many times. So if that's out there, you know, these questions are going to be asked. So right now, Verzi Effect 152 looks like, wow, he got into some really crazy deep shit. He's nuts. Ten years from now, if you're listening to this and this plane has not been found, and hopefully this is just for a little bit of fun and hypothetical shit and the plane gets found in a week because I really feel for these people. However, if it doesn't, I mean, what else can it be? Or, or, or what, I mean, I don't even know. This is fucking mind-blowing. It's sad. It's mind-blowing. I don't even know what to think. 
But I'm hoping, I'm, I'm really, really hoping that they have some answers and find out because, you know, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to have a loved one there. I couldn't imagine. I'd be, I'd be losing my, I mean, yeah, so, you know. So, I mean, I'm sitting here talking about going over a pond tomorrow and I hope, you know, I hope obviously want to be safe and stuff, but you know, it just scares me and that's just really fucked up that like a a big plane like that just diverted and then nobody knows what happened. God, I want to know. That's one of the things I want to know so bad. Think about this. If somebody said to you, let's say nobody finds this and and again, again, hypothetical, hope I'm wrong, but let's say nobody finds this plane at all. And 10 years go by, 20 years go by, and somebody says, listen, we have information that will let you know who killed Kennedy or where this plane is and what happened to it. I got to be honest. I think it's so intriguing. As much as the Kennedy thing has been such a big fucking mystery and question, I think the fact that there are a few theories for him but nothing with this airplane, I think I'd go airplane. That's a great question. Let me know what you guys want to know. Uh, if you'd rather find out if you had the answer, but you could only get one, they had an answer for who killed Kennedy and they had an answer for what tomorrow, let's say tomorrow you could have an answer for the Kennedy. Well, tomorrow you'd probably pick Kennedy because it's been so long. So, but, uh, uh, you know, a jumbo jet that big with that many people like not known is 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 kind of freaky man and it just makes you be like what the hell's going on so i'll end with that i i i just find it completely insane and um what else so let's get into some let's get into some stuff speaking of airplanes i was on the airplane and uh, we'll get into some movies now i was on air canada and air canada actually offers new releases like stuff that just came out on dvd air canada offers like six or seven of them for free you just put your headset on and you watch them and i started to watch maybe the first like 35 minutes of hunger games 2 and i gotta tell you i was in I was in, man. Like, right when I had to stop was, like, after the announcement that they had to go back and fight in the 75th Hunger Games, and she runs out into the woods, and she's crying, and they're all fucking nuts about it. And, like, you know, they threaten the families of the kids and, like, you know, stuff like that. And and I, I got into it, and I was like, man, so now... Tomorrow I have a short flight, so hopefully on the you know way home or something I could watch the rest of it. But it looked really good, and I got to tell you, Jennifer uh, Jennifer Lawrence is awesome. I think she's awesome, man. For the for the amount of time she's been in it, and you know the big movies that she's doing and stuff, she's uh, seems to be delivering. So I can't even give a review, other than the fact that after the thirty five minutes, I've been thinking about it alone. I've been like, what happens in this movie? I got to see what happens. It seems awesome. <laughs> so we'll, I, I will obviously give a better review of that, but I wanted to let you guys know that I tried. I tried. I was on a plane. The flight wasn't long enough. I would have been able to review it. I wanted to have a drink on an airplane so bad, and I just said, nope, it's a, it's a rule we don't break. We don't break the rule of drinking before a show, although today, being it was St. Patty's Day, we had a pint and we had um, an Irish coffee. But that was it. But that's just, you know, a special occasion. But when you're on an airplane, I mean, I love, there's nothing better. 
than being fucking drunk on an airplane. And I mean drunk, not even buzzed. Go on an airplane fucked up. You're a different person. You go from like, you know, oh, fuck, man, you know, I hope this works out. It's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this shit. Fucking take off. That's, you know, how I feel. I took, I mean, I took Xanax and drank. I mean, I was ready to fucking OD on something. I was, I was, but I felt, it felt great. I didn't care what we did. You just feel great. And, and, you know. (laughs) But, all right, let's get into uh, some sports here. Phil Jackson and the Knicks. How about that? The New York Knicks, guys, the only team ever in history that would hire one of the greatest head coaches in ever in NBA history to do something he's got no experience in. This is vintage Knicks. This is five-year contract. He may do a couple of things in the first couple of years that make people happy. And then he's going to have a falling out with James Dolan, the owner. And the owner is going to try to fucking, you know, say that they had differences and fire him. Or he's going to say there's no chance of hope. The only thing that I'm hoping is he's waiting in the wings to coach. And uh, when he coaches or, or he's, gonna, he's waiting in the wings and they're going to try to get LeBron to New York or something like that. That's the only thing that I could think about. And I, I mean, I'm hoping that that's going to happen, but I doubt that that's going to happen. I think he's taking a cushy job with a lot of money where he's making decisions, coming back to New York, and, and just it's gonna, he's going to be in and out. Everybody's going to think, unless he, listen, the, I think the only way that this works is if he eventually takes the head coaching job in LeBron James or another big-name free agent comes to the Knicks. That's it. That's the only way that I think this works. I don't think you could take a guy who's won all those rings and is a master head coach and then just say, hey, yeah, you're the president now. Let's, um, you know, now now things are going to happen. No, he's got, he's not on the floor. He's not going to have as much influence on the, on the you know, on the players. He's not going to have influence in in-game stuff. He's going to be a suit up in a fucking suite doing what suits up in suites do. And and I, I I just you know I I'm hoping and I'm optimistic that there's a greater plan, but I'm also thinking and pessimistic saying that there's not. This is just a a feeble attempt to try to make Nick fans salvage some sort of hope. And I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I don't mind Woodson, but if they fired Woodson and said Phil Jackson's going to be the guy, and then they're like, well, with Phil Jackson here, some big prospects are going to come over, then I'd be happy. But him being the president, that doesn't mean shit to me. It really doesn't. It was nice, though, because we're in Canada here, and I've never seen, and I'm not exaggerating about this, I've never seen a country have more TV on with hockey on everywhere you go in this country. Every fucking place you go. It's like, it's almost as if it's government issued here. Like, in other words, the establishment is just, like, gonna go under and and be sued and fined. It's like when the the health code people come in and they grade your meat and they look at, or they grade the food or they they look at everything and, and make sure that it's suitable. 
It's the same thing. You go into a place in Canada, there's five to ten flat screens, and it is hockey highlights all fucking day. Like, I know shit about hockey. I don't even watch hockey, and I know shit about hockey. I know guys are getting traded. I know Florida played, uh, you know, Vancouver, and they switched goalies. I, I mean, I swear to God, they're, they're throwing this down my throat. I'm about to start speaking French. Like I'm another week here, and I'm doing highlights. I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing Canada uh, hockey highlights in French. It's it's I've never seen anything like it. It is the craziest thing. So finally today we go to a bar and they're playing. They're showing uh, NBA highlights, and I was like, oh my god, I feel like I'm home. I just needed to get refreshed. It was the craziest thing. And I, oh, I have to talk about this too. We're doing this thing now. Where I was really big, I'm really big with fucking with people. I like to fuck with people. So we do this acting thing, and you guys know Bill Burr is a good actor. So Bill plays the straight guy who's just like trying to calm me down or like trying to console me. And what we'll do is we'll go into an elevator, and I'll be like, I'll get on my cell phone, and I'll go, what? No, no, no. You tell that piece of shit I said, no, that's bullshit. You t- and, and, and Bill just goes, you all right? You everything right? So we go into the elevator the other day, and I just walk in, and I go, hey, man, just got off the phone with the parole officer, dude. It looks like I don't need to talk to him anymore. And without blinking, Bird just goes, yeah, but what about, the- I thought they had the videotape. And then I go, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't submissible. Uh, admi- I'm sorry, it wasn't admissible in court. And he goes, uh, oh, man, that's awesome. And I go, yeah, you know, and he just goes right along. And we're doing the crying thing. We talked about it on his podcast, so I don't want to talk about it. But we just start to cry, and one of us gets emotional. And we're just having so much fun. So the other day we're in the airport, and I walk up to this lady at the, at the counter at, like, one of those little, you know, stores, candy stores and, you know, magazine store. I walk up to her and I I just see a big box of condoms. So my plan is, all right, here we go. Get locked in. Let's do this shit right now. So I walk up and I go, yeah, how you doing? What's the biggest biggest condoms you got? And Burr just had to turn away real quickly because he almost lost it. And him turning really quickly started to gain momentum of my laughter from my gut. It just started moving up to my throat and it starts to get into my mouth and I'm ready to just fucking burst because he just, he could, he looked at me for a second asking the question. And then when he actually heard what I asked, his head just snapped and I knew he was about to lose it. And you know, friends and shit, it's contagious. It's like we're in fifth grade. So she just goes, excuse me. And I'm going, the book. And I'm going, the bug's right there. And I'm biting my tongue as hard as I can. My my te- my molar, I'm, I am biting down on my tongue so hard in order to just kind of hold it together. And I'm going, right there. And I'm pointing to this box of condoms behind her. And she's going, what? And I, go, and I just fucking lost it. I just go down and I just walked away. And I walked all the way to the gate and I just started laughing. And Bill came and I could not hold it together. But I always do that. And and Bill is so good at like my wife would just get like red in the face. Like we go on the elevator and I would be like, uh, Yeah, you know, it feels good. It feels good. Five years. I took my freedom. 
But, uh, you know, got out of jail two days ago, and, and, I mean, I've never appreciated a mall like this. You know, I mean, yeah, you hit a guy in the head with a bat, and it's like they, they almost take your life from you. And, you know, but I told the judge. I told the judge he was so wrong that if I saw him again, I'd probably do it again. You know, and you just see people freaking out, but, like, my wife can't go along with it. You know, she just gets all beat red in the face, and she's like, oh, my God. But you got to have fun like that. You got to have fun with people. Next time you're in a place and somebody's, and this is when you got to do it. When you're in a place and somebody's rude, or if you're on a subway and somebody's rude and they're on the phone, do it then, but go back, go harder. You know, if you're in a restaurant and somebody's sitting close to you and the person you're with, or if you're on a date and the person's just being loud and distracting, what you do is you get on the phone and you say something that would make them scared and not want to talk. For example, you're sitting down in a restaurant with a date and there's this guy and he's being just a loudmouth jerk. You could tell he's a fucking narcissistic, crazy, into himself guy. Okay, what you do is you get on the phone louder and you just freak out. You know, you go, hello? Yeah, what's going on? What? No, 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 no. Listen to me. Listen to me right now, okay? You tell that piece of shit. No, just hear me out for a second. You tell that piece of shit, okay, that I'm coming down there tonight, okay? I'm going to eat this dinner. I'm going to come down there tonight, okay? And he's not walking out of there. He's not walking out of there, okay? I'm sick of that loudmouth piece of shit. As a matter of fact, I'm getting so fed up with anybody around me right now. All right, and then you just keep looking. Look at the guy. Look at the guy you're doing it. And he's going to start looking. And you just fucking take it further and further. And then you be real nice to everybody else but the phone call. Like I got a good plan for tomorrow. I like also tell people, like I like to tell people that like I was a high prospect at some sport. Like I remember I was in my buddy's, uh, I was in my buddy's uh, store. He worked at a Foot Locker. This is years and years ago. And a guy and his son walk in. And I just go, you know something? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I'm the fifth-ranked tennis player. I'm the fifth-ranked tennis player in the country right now, okay? That's the prospect I am. And if this judge thinks he's holding me, he's holding that against me, he's got, and I just start, and the guy started grabbing his son and walking away. The key to this, and the key to making this funny and great is holding it together. And it's an art form. It is so, so hard. Because on the train, I tried doing it, and I just I just burst out laughing. And sometimes people know that, you know, you just blow your own cover. It sucks. But uh, <laughs> you got to try it. Making people uncomfortable is awesome. It's funny. There's something real about it. There's something liberating about it. To just make people go, oh, shit, like this is real. Like take people out of the comfort zone of like, you know, you're in an elevator. and Everyone's going to be quiet. Just fucking change that dynamic. Change it. You're in a store. You're trying on clothes. Everybody's the same thing. Just try to do something. I'm not saying always. Don't always try to be some asshole who's trying to do something. I'm saying occasionally. Just to mix things up in your life. It is the funnest. It's the most fun. It really is. You know. And um, this trip has been, you know... As much as I miss my family, it, it's been so great. We've we've done so many awesome things. Going into we're going we're going to steam rooms, 
I mean, I don't even want my wife to listen to this because as hard as the work is, and it's hard, man, we're getting in front of thousands of people a night and, you know, we're, we're, is this stress? We want to make sure that you kill and do all that stuff. But I mean, we're smoking cigars. We're having a couple of scotches here and there. We've been really good with the drinking, but we're, you know, we're pampering ourselves sometimes too. We're going into steam rooms. You know, we're, we're just, it's, it's just been great getting into limos and shit and getting into cars. It's been awesome. But, um, a lot of people ask, why are you, why are you, you know, or, or how do you deal with this with your family? How do you get away from your son and daughter who are so young and everything? And st- I, I mean, obviously, other than being compensated nicely and, and, and making money and earning a living, other than that, like how, how tough is it? You know, of course, I'm out here for 20 days. I'm getting paid. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do all right and, 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 and prov- be able to come home and provide, you know, stuff to my family. I mean, obviously that's what you do. So other than that, and I figured out a way and the way is, and I heard this, um, years ago, a soldier was talking about being in war and, um, to be honest, I can't even remember if it was a documentary on a war talking to a soldier or if it was a movie about war. I, I can't remember because I know this is like five, six years ago. But I remember that there was a soldier, whether it be a movie or whatever, said that he just blocks it out and doesn't think about having any kind of family at home. And I, I'm i not doing that because it's obviously not to that, not to that extreme. But it's really helped me because... When I did a 10-day tour last year with Lawhead and Bill and we went on the uh, bus tour and we went down south, I, um, you know, I remember like once day eight, like day eight, day nine hit, I was like sick. I just wanted to be with my son. My daughter was super, super young. Now, my daughter, I mean, I wanted to be with my daughter too, but like, I mean, like my son was able to communicate with me. Now, both are. And it's, you know, they're getting bigger and the way to deal with it is like kind of just have blinders on. So like when I would start to think about them and I mean, I've been FaceTiming with them and talking to them on the phone, but as soon as I get off the phone or I'm done, I just look at it like I'm not seeing them yet. Focus on today without them because that's the reality and act like that's what it is. And I wouldn't really think about how much I missed them. I would kind of block it out. And that really, really helps me. So for people that want to know how do you do that and how hard is it, I kind of took this thing from a soldier that was just like, no. Like you, like it, the soldier's philosophy was basically if I go out there and die today or if I go out there and think about like leaving people behind or anything, like I, I can't afford that and I don't want to think about what's home because there's a task at hand. And once I once that's done, then I'll do that, you know. Again, I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody in the military or anything, but that's when you're away from the people you love the most for almost a month in show business, that's the way that I go about it, and it's really helped me because now I'm about two and a half days away from seeing them, and I haven't really been thinking about it to where it's holding me back or freaking me out or upsetting me. I'm just like, no, this is what I do. This is the job that I chose, and I'm looking forward to getting home, but that's in two days, so for the next two days, I'm going to do this. And um, 
So I don't know if that helps, but people were definitely always say, oh, it must be hard. It must be hard without your family there. And it's like, you know, yes and no. It's hard. I mean, you miss them, of course, because you love them. But I don't miss the waking up. No, I'm just kidding. I actually do. I, I miss the – it's been so long that I miss the kids coming to the bed. But I'm going to cherish sleeping in, you know, the next couple of days. And uh, and then we go back to work. You know, I'm not I'm not going home and have a lot of stuff to do. I don't. As far as like, I don't go back home and have a lot of stuff to do at home. I have I go home and I have a lot of shit to do away from home again because, um, you know, that's what I got. So yeah, yeah, I'll get into some plugs now and and a um, couple of great things going on. We're doing the Monday Morning Podcast Presents Tour, the All In Tour. I'm sorry, Monday Morning Podcast Presents All In. And the all-in tour is myself, Jason Lawhead, Joe Bartnick. We will be performing on the West Coast. It kicks off March 31st at Largo in Los Angeles. And the special guest host will be Bill Burr. He's going to kick it off. And then uh, Bill takes off and goes out of the country. And then me, Lawhead, and Bartnick will be hitting up San Diego, San Francisco, uh, Portland, Seattle, um, and on the East Coast, we're going to be going to Jersey, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, um, New York. So there's a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff that that we're going to be doing, and it's going to be awesome. And those guys, I'm I'm concerned because Lawhead, when he gets going drinking, he doesn't fucking stop. I don't stop when I'm having a great time. Bartnick doesn't stop. None of us have problems. We just don't fuck. We just have a great time. So. I'm hoping that we can, I've never seen guys just throw down booze and be able to handle it like these guys, and uh, myself too, so, uh, you know, when I get back after this trip, I'm going to go back to the non-drinking for 10 days, and then hopefully we could hold it together, but we're going to be professional, because that's what we do, so um, I'm really excited about that, so thankful that we're doing this tour, it's going to be such, it's very rare that you get to be with, you know, guys that you really love and travel the country and everything like that, so check that out, tickets are already on sale for Largo and San Francisco, and now when those other dates come in, all those dates will go up too, and you could find them, we'll have the links for uh, purchasing all the tickets on that, so um, that will be there. Also, uh, the tomorrow I am in uh, Victoria Island with Bill Burr. The next day we are back at the uh, University of Calgary for the last show, guys. We've done 20 theater shows, two left, Victoria Island and Calgary, and then I fly home. That is it. It's been nuts. And then when I get home, I fly home on the 20th. On the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, I will be performing at Levity Live in West Nyack at the Palisades Mall. So you could check that out. That uh, That's a great club. And then um, on the 27th, I will be performing at The Stand in New York City. And then on the 28th, 29th, and 30th, I will be performing with Louis Anderson back at Levity Live. And then on the 31st, I will be flying out to Los Angeles for the Largo show. So uh, a lot of stuff coming up. It's going to be a uh, basically until the middle of April. I'm fucking just, just months are flying by. 
you know, my kids are getting older, so it's it's pretty it's pretty nuts. But we're gonna be doing um, a lot of shows, and it's gonna be a great time. So, um, what else do we have going on here? Please keep the comments coming on iTunes. Getting a lot of comments, and um, the the Twitter the Twitter feedback has been amazing. I came out here, and you know, with like three thousand something, and now I'm well above 4,000 and, you know, um, the people in Canada, all the people in Canada that have come up to me, if you're listening to this, I know a lot of people saw me and said that they're, they're, they're onto the Verzi Effect podcast and they love it. I can't thank you guys enough, man, for the support. And, uh, I hopefully, um, you know, in the future, I'll be coming to D to headline these rooms myself. And I, I'd love for you guys to come out and, uh, you know, give you guys a show man because uh, it, it's been great the, the, the response and um, the compliments and the kind words from these people out here so um, please uh, go to uh, iTunes uh, leave your comments in the, in the review section and I'm going to try to get the uh, Verzi Effect podcast up in the in the top 100 we also um, you know have the, the, the Twitter thing please keep going with the Twitter thing and um that's it you know it, it's just uh, the, the podcast keeps growing the podcast has grown by another like 2000 listeners and uh again bill burr has been amazing you know thanks to bill burr that goes without saying um i can't stress enough that when a guy when you're an up and coming comedian in the business and a guy like that um just a believes in you and you know you know you get to tour with and just you know, being around that, um, and I mean, I can't even begin to tell you what it means for me in my career, the things that he said to me about my set and, and what I'm doing. I, it, it's, you know, people say, oh, what are you, a fucking fat? You know, <laughs> it, it really, it's, 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 um, it's career changing. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, working with a bill has truly been a, um, a pleasure and an honor. That's all I can say, you know, um, you get an opportunity to get so much better because you're around people that are, are good. And I, I feel that way. You know, I really do. I, I feel that when, uh, what's his name? Who's that? That billionaire guy, you know, uh, I think I've talked about this before. Warren Buffett said, like, show me, show me the people you're hanging out with and I'll show you where you'll be in 10 years. And that's one of the truest things. And, um, I'm not going to lie, I've gotten better and, and things have been going great, but it's also because you the, the people you admire and the people who you're around do it a certain way. And to any young comedians listening to this, man, don't take an easy way out. Don't go up there and just do the joke that you know is going to get a laugh because you've always done it. Don't do that. That's easy. That happened. You're not growing that time. You know, you're not growing when you do that during that time. You're not. You're you're and I and I've done that before. Every comedian's done that, but take yourself out of it and throw something out, out there that's a real thought and try to make that funny and that's all the difference. And um, you know, that's it. So um I'm very appreciative, I'm very humbled, and um, you know, by not just, you know, the things Bill Burr has said and what's been going on, but just the response of people and the and just how people have been receptive to it. It it, it just shows that, you know, it makes you want to take more chances because before you took chances, you don't get that. 
You know, I was there when people, well, I was there, dude. I was doing shows where I was killing and I was like, well, how come people aren't really like coming up to me? And it was like I was getting surface laughs because I wasn't talking from my heart and being honest and being funny. I was just talking bullshit that anybody could really talk about. And then all of a sudden it switched. So take that, take that, man, because that works. You know, that is as, as, as if anybody told me that. And of course, you got to leave where you are and come to New York or, or Los Angeles. Because it doesn't matter how funny you are other places. I mean, it's easier now because with video and you could send stuff out. And we've talked about that. But I, I just feel like you got to you gotta get in front of people, man. You got to be where it's at. And um, that's it, guys. I am thrilled to, uh, to be talking to you, to be doing this. I'm tired of shit. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, please... Go to my Twitter, at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. If you like the show, if you're new to the show, or you know, you've know you been listening for a little bit, please spread the word and let other people know about the show. Um, trying to grow this, please, again, send your comments. You could get me on Facebook. And if there's anything that you guys want me to talk about on TVE at all, please send me a message. Uh, go to my Facebook, and I will definitely address it. 100%. All right? And we'll talk about it. And, you know, if I, I will definitely, I like to put, also like to put my fans on Twitter. So if you say something on Twitter about it, I always retweet. I always retweet the positive stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, and I'll shout out your name, you know. So that's it, man. Take care. I hope everybody's good. Until episode 153, I'm out of here. Next podcast will be finally when I am in New York, back home. I am going home on Thursday to be with my wife and children. It's going to be amazing. So until then, guys, uh, I'll uh, I'll be talking to you in New York. But until then, I'm out.